Stepping into a management role brings its own set of responsibilities and challenges. NRHA's Foundations of Leadership program is an online leadership training course that will help your new managers develop and leverage their personal leadership style, build teams, and retain employees, communicate more effectively, and improve workplace culture. Learn more and apply today at nrha.org F-O-L. Welcome to another episode of Hardware Retailing's podcast, Tell Me More, hosted by myself, Renee Shagdon. In today's episode, I'm talking with Michael Wynn, president of Sunshine Ace Hardware, which has 11 hardware stores and one paint and decorating store with locations throughout Florida. The family business has been serving both DIY and professional customers since 1958. I'm so excited to have Michael on the show today. Before we kind of get started talking about the business and your operation overall, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners and maybe just tell us some of the basic history about uh, Sunshine Ace. Okay, well, uh, I'm Michael Wynn. I'm president of Sunshine Ace Hardware. I'm uh, the oldest of uh, the fourth uh, generation uh, of our family, Um, born and raised in Naples, Florida. I have two uh, kids in college at the moment, Sydney and Olivia. And our family uh, history in Florida actually goes back to the late 1800s. It was my great-great-grandparents that originally moved to Naples in 1938, uh, bought a small uh, inn uh, called the Bay Dock Hotel. There's a little grocery store that was inside. Grandfather returned from World War II, bought the business uh, with a GI loan, sold the hotel, opened up a grocery store on uh, Fifth Avenue. And as that business expanded, he built the building next door and then rented out the original grocery space to a Western auto, uh, auto parts store. But when that oh, tenant wow. fell on hard times, yep, my grandfather bought that uh, store, uh, auto parts store, and he just kept adding more and more hardware items uh, just based on customer demand. Uh, and then that was in 1958 that he converted to a hardware store, and that was really the birth of Sunshine Hardware. That's great. So you start, did you start with just one hardware store or was it something that kind of grew over time? Yeah. uh, So we started with one and, you know, again, got to give my grandfather uh, credit. Didn't have much of of an education, but he just always had a keen business sense. So grocery business is really kind of the primary focus of the, of the family. But as Mm -hmm. you know, they grew, he kept adding some hardware stores and, he created one of the first loyalty uh, programs uh, in Southwest Florida at the time. And so customers would earn points when they shopped in the grocery store. And then he would make the hardware stores his redemption center. They'd go and trade those points for products. And that kind of built a loyal following uh, for the uh, for the hardware that, frankly, you know, we still benefit from uh, to this uh, day. Um, and so yeah. over time, that little Fifth Avenue store, uh, has eventually grown to, you know, now what is our uh, 12 locations with 11 hardware stores and one paint decorating store. Wow. Was, when was it that the grocery business, you don't still have grocery stores, do you? Actually, we do. Oh, um, wow. You know, I'd love it, to hear about that yeah, a little bit. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, what had uh, happened is, again, the uh, the grocery business 
um, you know, in, in theory, you know, really started back in 1938. You know, that uh, that grew um, to include uh, ultimately three kind of larger, what would be like Publix uh, size uh, stores um, mm -hmm. at, uh, in the early 80s. Uh, they sold that uh, to uh, Kroger, those stores to Kroger, but we kept one small location on Fifth Avenue. Um, and then later on, we had an opportunity to buy back one of the larger locations in Naples. Um, and that still exists, um, which uh, is uh, right next to our uh, Ace Hardware store. And then in, uh, oh, I guess it was just uh, uh, trying to think down how many years ago, less than five years ago, we ended up having an opportunity to open up a another small uh, grocery store uh, on the mm -hmm. east coast of uh, Florida uh, in uh, Key Largo in a oh, little cool. uh, club called uh, Ocean Reef. Wow. So we technically have two stores now, or two grocery I stores still. I love that. So, so grocery and hardware, the basics that everyone needs in their life. You have, you have the things that, especially, uh, and we'll get into this more later on, but um, you're definitely one of the essential businesses uh, for, for, your, for the residents and your neighbors uh, in the past couple months, I'm sure. We've definitely been blessed uh, that we have not experienced uh, some of the hardships that many of the other businesses have through this as, you know, essential uh, to many of the uh, community needs for sure. Yeah, yeah. So what what is your kind of role in the company? Um, and can you maybe tell us how how you and I'm sure you probably have uh, have a role within the, the grocery, too. But how do you kind of juggle everything that's on your plate and managing, you know, 11 hardware stores, a paint store and then your grocery stores as well? What what is kind of a day to day yeah. like for you? Well, what, what I'll uh, clarify, you know, kind of from uh, the beginning is my, my role is uh, very limited on the uh, the grocery uh, side. And you know, mm -hmm. I sit uh, on our family board for that. But other than that, uh, you know, my uncle really kind of runs all of our uh, food uh, businesses. Um, so That's my great. primary focus is uh, is the hardware. Uh, again, in my role as president, you know, there's probably, you know, kind of three primary focus areas that I would say are kind of the you know, where I can deliver the greatest value uh, to the company yeah. and where I try to spend the majority of my time, um, which uh, one, I would say, is chief culture uh, officer. You know, we're okay. very passionate about, uh, you know, our values, our the behaviors that guide uh, everything that we do and ultimately our uh, success. Um, and we've kind of gone from what was kind of a, you know, culture just by, you know, kind of accident. <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. to one that is a very purposeful uh, strategy. Um, so everything from little things like sending birthday cards to every associate, uh, you know, mail to their own uh, home, handwritten by uh, myself, uh, to a uh, team appreciation week uh, that uh, we dedicate to the team and where we just do kind of fun games, uh, you know, uh, special activities, you know, cooking uh, for them, you know, gifts. Um, and as well as a foundation that we set up, um, actually, um, when we uh, were uh, hit by uh, Hurricane Irma, um, but have continued uh, to this day, where uh, people can uh, turn to uh, that foundation for emergency funds, grants, basically things that they don't have to repay, but, you know, help them when, you know, they need it uh, most. And yeah. so that's culture. And there's, you know, of course, you know, it gets 
down to obviously making sure that we hire and fire uh, based on those values. And then I would say the, the second key areas uh, as the kind of primary chief strategy officer, if you will, um, you know, we've been focused on uh, growth, uh, whether that's organic acquisitions, new stores. Um, our family was uh, committed to a, a growth strategy over the last five years and put a lot of trust in uh, myself and our team. And I'm very happy to say that we've now uh, are, are continuing to achieve uh, our goals. We've doubled uh, the company in both store count and sales in the last five years. And then uh, finally, I'd say is uh, talent and leadership uh, development is uh, another uh, key area of focus and whether that's recruiting the best uh, leaders, uh, team members, um, and then investing in them uh, once you know we have them and making sure they stay with us as part of the family. Um, and you know we do uh, that through a new number of different ways. And frankly, one of the ways that's uh, we're doing that uh, now kind of in the COVID world is um, We've been able to work with an executive coach that um, has allowed us to do a very broad uh, set of uh, essential uh, leadership skills training via Zoom. And then we're able to record those sessions, put them in our learning management system so that everyone really gets trained on, you know, the same time management skills, team development skills, things like that, that will hopefully um, increase consistency uh, across the, uh, the company. So those are the things that I'm supposed to be spending all my time on, but um, I'd be uh, lying if I said I get to do those uh, consistently. Um, There's a lot of distractions that uh, come in in the whirlwind of uh, retail. Um, So, you know, on any other day, it can be supply chain issues, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, employee challenge, uh, customer, uh, you know, uh, issue, product recall. And then you throw in the pandemic and, you know, um, we've, we've had obviously a lot of uh, interesting uh, challenges we've had to overcome that, you know, you're just kind of um, creating solutions as you go along because, frankly, there is no manual. Um, so and a lot of people are obviously in that boat. Yeah. So I'd love to hear a little bit about the communities that you guys and your stores are located in. Um, I know the the main store and kind of where you're founded is in Naples, which is, that's like central Florida, correct? Uh, actually, it's southwest. Southwest. So okay. Almost kind of like due west from Miami. Okay. So what uh, what are what are those areas like to someone who's maybe never been to other than maybe going to Disney World, uh, like doesn't have a picture? Kind of tell us a little bit about the communities your guys' stores are located in and what those communities require from you. Yeah, so uh, we the locations um, that uh, we serve, one, we serve about uh, five counties. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, if you're you know familiar with Southwest Florida, it's basically Marco Island to Tampa. Um, yeah. So kind of I-4 South on the West Coast. Um, and uh, there's a tremendous amount of uh, diversity. So you kind of go from, you know, um, what you would typically maybe think of and palm trees and, you know, white sandy beaches with, you know, frolicking dolphins, um, you know, to, you know, kind of a, you know, rural area of uh, Golden Gate, you know, to, um, you know, kind of a, a suburban uh, area uh, like uh, Lakewood Ranch, uh, which is just outside of, uh, you know, Sarasota. Um, yeah. And so it's it's a, a lot of uh, diverse uh, communities that, our stores are frankly all kind of customized uh, to serve. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
uh, when I tell you that our stores range from 8,500 square feet to 42,000 square feet, you can kind of understand that, you know, wow. the, the stores are customized uh, mm -hmm. to the unique needs of uh, their uh, community. And, um, and so, you know, while there's probably a lot of overlapping uh, commonality to a certain extent in terms of obviously we you know have a, a higher average age uh, in uh, Florida as you would uh, expect and certainly in the markets uh, that we serve um, you know we're still we're getting a lot more uh, younger uh, professional families frankly especially as people uh, are more in tune you know with you know some of uh, the uh, ways that they can uh, conduct business virtually. Um, you know, Southwest Florida is a great place uh, to be if you can have yeah. your office, you know, uh, anywhere in the world. Yeah, exactly. So I first um, was introduced to you and I, I don't know how I came across it, but a couple of years ago, um, I really I've been on the with hardware retailing and NRHA for six years now. But the first four and a half years I spent as a writer and I did a lot of stuff that was related to different categories and kind of honing in on different things like that. Um, and one of the categories that really stuck out to me was aging in place. And I believe I wrote this back in 2015. So, I mean, it's been about five years, but I remember at yeah. the time going, this is an important topic that I was surprised more people weren't really focusing on. And I, you know, my parents are baby boomers. And as the baby boomer generation continues to age, I think that's just something that's going to be hugely important that home improvement stores have at least some side of some some sort of uh, focus on or, or consideration for because almost every community you can't say every but a, a majority are going to have aging residents that need um, support and need resources to keep their homes um, you know livable for them so I'd love to hear if you guys still have any involvement with kind of that niche category yeah. and, and what your thoughts are on it, you know, now that it's 2020. No, hundred percent. Well, you, you kind of, you explained it uh, very well. Um, you know, ultimately we're just a little bit ahead of the curve simply because, mm -hmm. you know, of the average age of our uh, customers and the fact that we're just seeing that need uh, ahead of the rest of the country. But to your point, you know, this is coming to just about, you know, uh, everywhere. Uh, just based on you know kind of the uh, the growing number of baby boomers as uh, they retire uh, and uh, age, um, so mm -hmm. uh, just a little kind of refresh on the history. I think when we last uh, had uh, spoken, uh, I was actually one of the uh, the co-founders of a community initiative called uh, Step uh, Smart Naples, and then it later um, evolved to Step Smart Collier after Collier County, um, mm -hmm. and and the goal there was really an education program first and foremost. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that uh, just making people aware of the fact that, you know, 50 percent of senior citizens injured in a fall die within a year of the fall, that over 60 wow. percent of the falls, you know, happen uh, at home. In southwest Florida, every three days, uh, someone uh, dies from fall related uh, injuries. But mm -hmm. but the most important thing is that that's, it's not a natural uh, part of aging and that there's a lot of things that can be done around the home to basically prevent these accidents from happening in the first place. And, and so that was, again, really the opportunity where we did some editorials and we continue to do um, community uh, education uh, efforts and we continue to sponsor those uh, activities. And 
we also happen to sell a lot of those products that help mm-hmm. kind of reduce, um, you know, uh, trip hazards that can handicap accessorize uh, homes. And so we're still very much involved in, um, in that uh, process, as well as continuing to kind of add whatever products we can come across every show that not only serve all of those, uh, you know, uh, needs that I just described, but also even just innovations that happen in kind of regularly used um, uh, home maintenance tools that are more lightweight or that mm-hmm. are designed where you don't need as much, you know, muscle strength or grip, you know, as, you know, you get older, but still get the same results. So those are things that I think will continue for, for the foreseeable future uh, to be a focus for us. So how do you think other retailers that are listening to this that hadn't maybe they hadn't considered it or it's kind of been in the back of their mind. What are some things that you would recommend they uh, first, I guess they probably need to do a little bit of research. And then what are some of the most important types of products or projects that, that um, they should at least have on their radar while they're starting to dig into, you know, finding ways to support their um, aging communities. Yeah. I think if they, if they go to uh, their uh, local health agency or um, some of the, uh, uh, the fire stations, a lot of times they'll have the data. Uh, okay. on that. You don't have to do that, but if you think that you have, you know, kind of a, maybe kind of a higher propensity, you know, for that, it's just good just to have an idea. Cause if you do, then you probably want to maybe even, uh, you know, uh, talk to your local newspaper about getting an article and just kind of getting, you know, your store mentioned as a, as a resource for those uh, issues. We did signage yeah. uh, in our stores just to kind of flag items um, with kind of a, you know, kind of showing, you know, the uh, the StepSmart uh, logo, which kind of, you know, shows that, you know, person kind of, you know, um, you know potentially, you know, uh, falling. So it kind of draws attention uh, to the need. Um, but mm-hmm. one of the biggest areas that um, most com- uh, most hardware stores should already have at least some, but they can absolutely kind of build out the uh, the assortment is in kind of handicap accessorizing uh, bathroom shower um, yeah. because those are you know obviously a uh, a huge uh, area of risk and then even something as simple as highlighting the the fact that um, uh, night lights. And, and lighting kind of dark hallways and passageways um, in a home, that's another very easy way that many of those falls uh, happen. And people don't think about it until after uh, the fall has already happened. So just, you know, making your own little, uh, you know, signs up uh, in the store to kind of draw attention to that as a kind of a shelf talker uh, and educating your associates uh, in huddles so that they know to kind of uncover uh, those needs, you know, when they're talking to uh, the customers can go a long way to helping uh, build uh, a following there. Definitely. Well, I will say, you know, looking back, I think that was one of my um, most, I really enjoyed writing that article because I think it's such a, it's a under-focused on topic that we can't let get away from us. Um, so I'd love to kind of hear how business has been going for you guys. Um, and specifically, I've mentioned a, I've mentioned it a couple times so far. But um, in relation to everything that's been going on since you know mid March uh, in the U.S. and really all over the world, we've been dealing with the COVID nineteen pandemic. Um, and I'd love to hear how you guys have been doing through that. Um, just kind of hear what what that experience has been like and 
you know, as a business owner, how you've kind of gone through it. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, every meme you've seen about 2020 is, uh, is accurate. <laughs> it's been yes. a challenging uh, year to say the least. Um, and from the very beginning, you know, the first and foremost uh, challenge has, has been, you know, uh, just making uh, safety a priority uh, mm-hmm. for the team, you know, and yeah. you know, what protocols are necessary, what restrictions uh, are necessary and, and kind of balancing, you know, as I've heard it put, you know, kind of lives and livelihood, um, mm-hmm. you know, everyone needs their paycheck. But, you know, there's a point where too much, you know, uh, restrictions and safety basically uh, doesn't offer you, you know, uh, anything uh, additional. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's been challenging, you know, from, you know, trying to, you know, get um, em- employee buy-in on the mask requirement and then later getting the uh, customers buy-in on, uh, you know, mandatory uh, masks, which you now have for all of our uh, stores. Um, yeah. And then, you know, just bringing in the uh, we, we have an outside uh, firm that comes in uh, several times a week to each of our locations to do uh, a professional uh, clean. Um, mm-hmm. And we've implemented all kinds of uh, uh, protocols and uh, travel restrictions between stores. Um, that's something that, you know, uh, between product transfers, between uh, our support team that would normally rotate between stores, we've had to kind of create um, a lot of different rules around that. So it's it's been challenging for everyone, um, but mm-hmm. I, you know, going back to safety, I feel like the fact that we've only now had, since this whole thing began, one positive COVID case between our 12 locations and 430 wow. associates, I, I feel like we're, we're doing something uh, right uh, just based on that. Um, yeah. But... <laughs> But as you, you know, you've no doubt uh, heard, and it's not surprising, you know, once you kind of move past uh, safety and supply chain, it's probably, you know, the next biggest uh, issue. Um, and, you know, we'd expect that all of our challenges to come from the uh, the Orient. And we've certainly had some uh, from there as, uh, as well, but uh, mostly it's been domestic. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, whether it's, you know, demand for product that we can't, you know, um, you know, satisfy, uh, or you know, uh, you know, different um, uh, warehouses and manufacturing facilities that either got shut down as non-essential or have had different positive cases. It every week it's a new problem, <laughs> um, yeah. and trying to make sure we communicate that to our team and that they can communicate that to our customers. When we're in the, we're used to ninety, you know, seven percent fill rates or something in that neighborhood, and we can now see anything between thirty to sixty percent. Um, wow. you know, it's, it's, it's really uh, difficult, especially when we're so passionate about never saying no to a customer. Um, yeah. so, you know, all of those different things have, uh, kind of played uh, into the, uh, the challenge. And then lastly, I would say probably the next, uh, biggest, uh, issue has been communication. Yeah. Um, you know, there's so many things changing so fast, so many contradictory, you know, uh, you know, statements, you know, everyone has their own facts kind of thing um, yeah. that trying to be just open about what we know and don't know how to communicate that company wide uh, without worrying about how uh, the message being lost. Uh, we've had to kind of innovate uh, through that process. So uh, I've gotten real good at uh, recording uh, videos on my, my iPhone and <laughs> publishing uh, those to the, uh, to the company. 
Um, yeah. And uh, that's been probably one of the best ways we've been able to communicate is just a straight message. We send it to every single employee who has an email address uh, or every employee has an email address. Plus, we have their uh, their home email address. So we send it sometimes uh, they get multiple copies, but I'd rather do that uh, than yeah. miss anybody. And then we publish it on a, an unlisted uh, YouTube channel so that we can mm -hmm. really kind of make sure is anybody watching this um, and pretty cool uh, analytical tools you can kind of follow uh, to uh, to see that and I'm happy to say that we've you know had a really good uh, reception and part of it's because we've done a really good job letting them send in their questions challenges you know challenging policies whatever and then just openly and very transparently addressing uh, those and why we made the decisions that we did and and that's helped I think build uh, trust over time and you know, what is certainly a less than perfect uh, situation. Oh, definitely. So what are some of the things working through some of those challenges? Like, is there anything that, is there anything that surprised you in the past few months that, you know, you've kind of learned through this whole experience? Um, I, I guess, you know, one of the things that uh, I've learned is uh, that, you know, I guess two, couple different things. One, um, we will uh, probably include more uh, self-care uh, training uh, to our entire team, but especially our leadership team during mm -hmm. different times of crisis. Now, granted, we're going through what was hopefully only a once in a hundred year uh, yeah. you know, crisis, right? But in Florida, we have hurricanes. Uh, we've had other, you know, uh, you know, we've had, you know, fires, you know, that have, you know, uh, raged and challenged uh, some of our other communities. So the reality is, you know, uh, whether or maybe let's say it's an act of terrorism that has everybody on edge. The reality mm -hmm. is there's just kind of this period of volatility that we think that, you know, more education on how to just care for yourself emotionally, mentally, et cetera, is, is probably going to, you know, be a value uh, to our associates, uh, you know, uh, in, the, in the future. And we're, we're just going to invest more uh, time uh, in that. Um, two training uh, our team members to kind of deal more with volatile customers. You know, we've, yeah. we've always done that from a return, you know, uh, standpoint and things like that, which is most of the time where you encounter it. But everyone has been so emotionally distraught through this process. We've, we've just seen some things that frankly, you know, I wouldn't have predicted uh, in the past and trying to protect our team members, make sure that, you know, where we can offer a buffer we do and giving them the tools to better kind of de-escalate conflict in the stores. Um, that's also something that we've invested in. Um, and, um, and then finally, um, uh, just doing uh, more creative things from a communication standpoint. Um, you know, the videos have been great, but something that we're trying this weekend will be our first Zoom town hall. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, we're actually gonna invite you know, everybody in the company and uh, they've been given a survey and, uh, you know, uh, probably spend the first 30 minutes of the scheduled hour responding to the questions that they pose. And then we're going to have a live Q&A. Um, and so my hope is, you know, that because we can't easily get to uh, the 12 locations as much as we normally like to, this is another way that, you know, they'll be able to, uh, you know, have the, the hard questions uh, answered and just know that, even if we don't always agree on, you know, kind of uh, what the, uh, the solutions are, that they know that we care and we, they know we're listening. Yeah, exactly. I think that's an amazing way to 
keep all your employees in the loop, especially for retailers out there that have multi-locations and are trying to kind of wrap their head around a, a good way to keep everyone, you know, on the same page, whether it's doing a town hall or, or like you said, you've done several of those videos, which helps answer the questions people has have in a transparent yeah. way. Um, so what are some things that you've seen? Like, have you noticed that your customers needs have been changing through all of this? And um, do you think some of those changes that you've seen would will persist even after COVID-19 is hopefully Boy. you know fixed? Yeah, so that's a $64,000 question, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, it yeah, so um so one uh I would say that we've we've absolutely seen uh whether it's hospitals, whether it's municipalities or other businesses um who have been used to dealing with kind of you know one or two primary suppliers that just always were able to take care of their needs as those supply chain um, and as that distribution has broken down or the demand for say disinfectant products and things like that um, has uh, you know basically left them out of stock they've in some cases turned to us as a mm -hmm. resource and so i feel like you know that's been able to open up some doors that i hope will continue to kind of you know the fact that we're we're used to scrounging for you know the the, the smallest little you know uh, obscure part just to you know, kind of deliver on legendary uh, service and make our customers happy in our B2B. So we're used to having multiple you know, sources of uh, supply. Um, so we've been able to kind of be heroes uh, to uh, some of those companies and find products that they frankly you know, haven't been able to uh, find elsewhere or find good substitute products uh, you know, for that. So our hope is that those relationships will continue where they traditionally have not you know, been um, you know, a uh, there's not been a strong uh, foundation on the DIY side. I honestly, you know, I don't know whether we're basically borrowing, you know, from uh, future uh, sales. You know, whether you know, as soon as Amazon goes back uh, to you know providing you know same day, next day service, whether you know any of those new customers evaporate. Um, so we're actually uh, partnering with Farnsworth uh, right now uh, to oh, do a, a study. Yeah, and it'll. We'll be benchmarking some of the branding and pricing, you know, information that we've done in the past. But also part of it is to try to, you know, learn uh, more about, you know, our, you know, are any of the customers, uh, new customers potentially going to stay uh, as customers, you know, um, mm -hmm. have their habits, uh, you know, changed and uh, to try to give us some roadmap, you know, to what the future uh, may look like. Because, you know, right now, although we may be performing better than most businesses, you know, our future is, in my opinion, still just as uncertain as, uh, you know, as many of them. Yeah, yeah. So we also, so we've talked a little bit about how you stayed, you know, connected with your employees through all of this. Um, but how, how would you say you're keeping the staff engaged and like motivated? Like, what are the ways that you guys have worked with your employees? And it sounds like there's also been some some leadership and training opportunities, but what are some things that you've been doing to kind of keep people happy and, and all of that? Cause I'm sure that's also a, a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, basically we've been doing a little bit of everything. Um, so one of the things too, is going back to the listening, you know, we, we were doing a monthly uh, engagement or what we've called kind of pulse uh, surveys, very mm -hmm. quick surveys, you know, to get yeah. the feedback from the team. 
doing that for a while, but now those have become more and more important. This last month, we had our highest participation ever at 75%, um, and we are getting a lot of ideas uh, from uh, from that. Um, but uh, some of the ideas are uh, we you know provide a lot of meals uh, for for our team. It's one thing that's just always a good comfort. Everybody always appreciates it. And we partnered with a lot of local independent restaurants who are really hard hit. Um, mm-hmm. And you know buying uh, lunch or uh, breakfast for a you know team of you know thirty to fifty. That's a nice ring uh, for that uh, that restaurant owner. So that's been helpful. Yeah. Um, Something that we just started, uh, you know, doing again, kind of going back into that self-care, uh, you know, point that we made uh, earlier, um, is we partnered with a, a local uh, physical trainer, and we started doing uh, Zoom uh, classes, uh, where you know he uh, takes you through a 45-minute exercise regimen, and uh, wow. believe it or not, in your own uh, living room with uh, just a couple different stretchy bands that we provide, if you're going to participate, you can work up a really good sweat. <laughs> That's uh, following awesome. his instructions. And so it's a way to kind of connect people because it's open to everybody across the company. Uh, yeah. They can all you know, uh, participate. We're kind of at the slow build, but it helps kind of connect people who haven't seen each other in a while. And frankly, you know, you feel uh, better uh, when you're, uh, when you're done. Yeah. Um, and then also we've been uh, including uh, different uh, incentives and uh, bonus programs uh, for our team. Um, so, you know, some things we've, we bought them, uh, we did a, a, a series of um, uh, meals uh, where we actually just bought like uh, the meals for a family of uh, four um, mm-hmm. and again partnered uh, with local restaurants so they could kind of take that home over the weekend and be able to enjoy that. We've done some uh, grocery uh, gift cards uh, and uh, we've done um, a number of uh, bonuses that were already part of our strategic goals for uh, the year. But then we've mm-hmm. done some extra, you know, bonuses on top of that just to basically say thank you and, hey, you know, you may have a spouse that is either out of work or has had their hours cut back. You know, this extra should help. So I think yeah. as they all have felt more like, hey, we're all in this uh, together and we kind of, you know, we win or lose uh, together. I think that's helped keep everyone engaged and that open transparency, honesty about, you know, the fact that masks stink and they're difficult and uncomfortable to wear, but Mm -hmm. this is why we have to do it. Just being open and honest has helped keep everybody uh, moving along uh, together and kept morale, I think, very high. Definitely. Well, those are all great, great ways to keep your, your team motivated, but also just to make them I, if if I was working in one of your stores, it would make me feel good to know that my employer cares, wants to make sure, you know, that I feel supported and cared for and, and looked out for. Um, and that's, that's what you, that's what it sounds like you're able to do through, through some of those different um, initiatives. And I agree working out, you know, you get a workout in and it, you really do notice the endorphins, I will say. Yes. <laughs> so... Um, so even with the challenges that industry and retailers have been facing, um, you know, for the past several months, business does move on. Um, so what are, what are you guys focused on right now in terms of growth opportunities or just ways you want to improve your operations overall, not necessarily pertaining to this, but if it does pertain, that's, you know, that's kind of how anything is these days. Yeah. 
So, you know, I, uh, I would say that, uh, you know, through any, uh, uh, you know, challenge, uh, or I, I should say uh, chaos, there's always going to come opportunities. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, obviously, you know, we kind of look, uh, you know, forward and, and there's all kinds of uh, challenges if people are wanting to, you know, uh, shop more uh, online. Obviously, we're going up against, you know, one of the uh, the most dynamic and well-funded uh, companies that's ever uh, existed. Um, uh -huh. And so, you know, I do think that uh, e-commerce is going to have to be a, uh, we're going to have to have a laser focus on not only improving, you know, the offerings that uh, that we have, uh, but also, you know, trying to, um, you know, just do a, uh, a better job uh, executing uh, on, uh, you know, the uh, the existing uh, expectations. Um, I, I do think that, you know, with the all of the um, interruption that is happening, you know, across the uh, the country with uh, shopping centers, with uh, other businesses that maybe, you know, haven't been in the best positions, I think there will be some unique opportunities not only mm -hmm. for acquisitions, but also, you know, to open up uh, new locations. Uh, so I would say that um, from a growth perspective, you know, we're going to continue uh, to uh, to look uh, for, uh, for those opportunities. Um, and I, I also think that as there has been a lot of shakeup, um, again, to, you know, this is a, you know, it's not the fault of, of anyone, but where you can establish yourself as a as a stable, reliable business that you know has been around in our case since 1958 and has managed well through the, uh, the pandemic, being able to be a uh, a real uh, a, attractive source for talent, I think is going to be uh, huge. So you know one of the things that uh, clearly from what you've kind of heard me talk about, culture is a big focus for us, but also yeah. being a best place to work is something that we actually uh, actively um, uh, are working towards and participate in a statewide Gallup uh, survey that uh, we haven't won it yet, but we know exactly where our engagement scores are. We know where we need to be. Um, and we feel like if we're able to achieve that goal, then we're going to attract, you know, better talent, you know, better quality associates. And then that's going to enhance the overall uh, experience and our ability to execute, which just gives us a better chance of being able to succeed where we do take those risks and those swings on growth. Yeah, that's great. So what, what are some of the like biggest challenges you guys, you think you guys are facing in the, in the upcoming years? Well, I, again, I, I think that uh, unemployment and where that uh, uh, goes will absolutely be, you know, some headwinds. Uh, yeah. that uh, we're going to, you know, uh, face. And I think, you know, that's going to challenge every uh, business. We'll have to kind of see, you know, um, how how fast, you know, whether we have the V-shaped recovery that everybody is hoping for, but maybe getting less and less <laughs> confident about. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I also think that, you know, one of the, you know, the potential biggest challenges uh, is, although, you know, through uh, ACE, you know, we have, you know, some e-commerce capability, you know, compared to, you know, uh, Amazon, um, it, you know, is, is still uh, not, you know, where we would like it uh, to, uh, to be. Um, so I think being, you know, if, if more people um, kind of are left with this impression about, you know, having less contact, you know, uh, less, you know, uh, interaction with, uh, you know, brick and mortar in terms of, you know, um, you know, concerns and higher awareness of, uh, 
you know, viruses, things like that, um, mm-hmm. then, you know, we're going to have to deliver in a big way on the e-commerce side. And there's a ton of investment and um, improvement that needs to happen in order for us to narrow that gap, you know, between, uh, you know, our, our best competition. That's, you know, take even Amazon out, you know, Home Depot does a very good job uh, on mm-hmm. that uh, front. And I think I just read recently, they were up to 15% of their, uh, you know, uh, sales being online, you know, we've got a long way to go, uh, to, uh, to yeah. catch up. Um, yeah. so, and then I think, you know, you, you throw in increased, uh, you know, we'll have a minimum wage that'll likely be, you know, passed in Florida. A lot of other States, you know, have already, um, you know, seen, uh, those uh, challenges and you remove those, um, you know, uh, payroll hours, uh, in a service driven industry. And, you know, you have to make up for that efficiency uh, and that labor productivity in, in any number of different ways. But frankly, there's only, you know, so much, you know, to, uh, to kind of squeeze out of the existing model. So those are all things that I'm confident we'll find a way to overcome. But they're yeah. ones that are significant challenges that there aren't obvious answers for that we can just point, pull the trigger, write a check for, you know, uh, today. In some ways, I wonder too, and I think we might have touched on this a little earlier, but I feel like what I've been seeing from the retailers I've been talking to throughout this whole experience is that e-commerce and people like customers seeking out uh, new ways to interact with their local hardware store has seen an upswing, like a huge upswing. And in some ways, I think it you know, if there's a silver lining, it's that it's gotten more people to be aware, oh, I could do buy online, pick up in store. Now, not all retailers have that, but the ones that do are going, oh, we would get a handful a week to going, we're getting, you know, several, if not even more a day. Um, so I don't know if you guys have noticed that for yourselves. Like, have you seen an increase in people turning to ways to connect with you in a more virtual way or doing those buy online, pick up in store, curbside pickup, that type of thing? Yeah, absolutely. And so, and here's the blessing and the curse uh, in that. So the blessing is that we've had more people turn to us. And so we've had more opportunities to be able to serve them. The, uh, the curse is that the experience is not what they are typically used to from kind of a, you know, uh, you know, a company who has invested billions, uh, yeah. in, you know, their, you know, their e-commerce, you know, and curbside pickup strategy and everything else. And so, you know, it, that's why I've kind of you've heard me kind of mention that, you know, throughout the, you know, the, uh, the interview is trying to find ways, how do we in the near, very near future, narrow that gap? We certainly mm-hmm. don't have the resources to, you know, to spend what our competitors do. But I believe that, you know, with a substantially, you know, a lower investment, we can narrow the gap so that the other services and the other experience and the other conveniences that we offer will make up for that and give them that overall well-rounded experience. And so that's the challenge is, will we be able to kind of do enough to be able to retain some of those opportunities and those introductions that we've had with people that right now, because... Maybe they're having challenges with their traditional, you know, supplier, or there's delays in what was traditionally a next day, you know, service. We're benefiting from that. Will we be able to uh, keep that if, you know, we uh, can react uh, fast enough? That's, that's yeah. unknown. Well, and I also think that hopefully more people are are going through this experience. I want to support my local independent business because 
for example, I myself bought something on Amazon the other week. It wasn't something I don't think I could have gotten at a hardware store, so I don't feel too guilty. Yeah. But I ordered sure. something, used it two or three times, and it broke. Uh, and then it's trying to figure out, okay, now I got to see if I can return it. And can I get my money back? And I'm doing all this stuff on my computer. And I, I, I was able to figure it out. But at the end of the day, I think if it's also encouraging customers, hey, we are a local family-owned business, continue to support us. And, you know, I, I myself, like I'll go to independent businesses throughout this. And if they're if there's a lag, I I feel like I'm more understanding for for an independent business than I would be a corporate. If that makes any sense, yeah. I know that sounds kind of no, weird, absolutely. but it's like, you know, I feel I, like I as a consumer give more leeway because I'm like they're humans; they need to get stuff figured out. When it's something like an Amazon has a failure, I'm like, well, they, you know, I'm just a number to them. But no, I I think you're exactly right, and I think the challenge is I think right now people's focus is on that and they're more community focused uh, more so than mm -hmm. before is how do we uh, communicate that in new marketing to remind yeah. people and not let them forget uh, because you know while you know there is definitely I think an affinity for local businesses at the moment we've tried marketing that in the past and the reality was convenience ruled over local over independent you know, and yeah. some of our, you know, more well-funded competition won on convenience. So I think if we can close the gap on convenience, if we can basically, you know, kind of communicate better about the impact and how much these independents and local businesses matter to the community, then my hope is that, you know, we'll be able to kind of keep uh, some of that loyalty that it may exist now. Yeah. And I guess my last question for you is, um, what do you think are some of the key traits retailers need to have to be successful in today's market and, you know, kind of moving forward? Yeah, I think that uh, if you do not, uh, I think one employee engagement is absolutely uh, critical. Uh, if yeah. you don't know what your, you know, engagement scores are, you know, if you are constantly working on that, if you don't have a goal for uh, a people business, and if some of your, you know, overall strategic goals are not focused on your people, then ultimately, you know, uh, you're you're going to uh, to lose. Um, and then, you know, I would say that, you know, we all uh, need to be focused more and more on our spend on technology, IT, uh, e-commerce, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, executable, you know, type uh, metrics, um, because you know that's where we're narrowing uh, that uh, convenience uh, gap. And then, mm -hmm. uh, you know, again, it sounds, uh, and granted, the next year supply chain is going to be, you know, a, a challenge, but, um, you know, that to me is kind of part of the overall convenience experience, making sure you're in stock uh, the first time when they uh, they visit you. But, but to, to sound a little bit cliched, um, but I think it's critical, and uh, we're putting our money where our mouth is, and that is the customer experience. You know, our wildly important goal um, is our um, uh, OSAT. Uh, in the Gallup surveys uh, that uh, you know, we have uh, our customers uh, complete. We do about 5,000 customer surveys uh, a year uh, between mm -hmm. uh, our stores. We review all of that feedback. We report every week to the entire uh, you know, company as to where each store is uh, from their current metric, uh, quarterly or monthly goal uh, to you know, where the actual uh, metric is. And we reward and bonus everyone 
based on whether they they achieve that. And we actually even have an extra uh, bonus goal uh, or an extra uh, bonus on the goal if all of the stores achieve uh, their uh, their goal, which encourages idea sharing and uh, supporting uh, each other. Uh, and I, I just I think that that's the only way that we are going to uh, succeed in uh, beating the competition is if we are laser focused on the experience. And to me, the only way you do that is by truly making it one of the overarching uh, goals and ways that your team is compensated and rewarded. That's great. Well, this has been, you know, such a great conversation and I've really enjoyed getting to talk to you a little more and learn more about the business and, you know, of course, talk about what's been going on with COVID because we can't, it's like, if, if we didn't mention it, I've kind of, ever since March, almost every podcast I've had it, you can't not talk about it in some way. So no, I'm, I'm glad we were able to talk about it and, um, and share your story with our listeners. No, I appreciate the opportunity, Renee. It's been a pleasure talking with you today. Did you know that if you're an independent home improvement retailer, you are already a member of the North American Retail Hardware Association? The NRHA has been in existence since 1900 and serves its members in a variety of ways. From Hardware Retailing Magazine and our two podcast series to exclusive research and events, the association is here to help you become a better, more profitable business owner. To learn about what NRHA is doing for you, visit nrha.org.